There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. First up is on this subject, whether it's medical humanities, broadly speaking, or on reproductive rights in the progressive era, what are the books and articles that you consider essential reading? Okay, so um, I, I think probably a critical underpinning uh, book to read is by Maxine Sheets Johnstone. It's called um, Roots of Power, Animate Form, Animate Bodies in Gendered Form. Um, and so it was published in 1994. I think it's been it's been overlooked, and it's a really really sophisticated and interesting look at Lacan and Derrida and Foucault and Darwin. Um, and it so that's really, a really dense book that you're going to have to grapple with the grammars yeah. that we use. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really really dense, but it's it's incredibly illuminating. I also think that that central reading to this is a book by Dorothy Roberts called Killing the Black Body. And she really looks at the difference that race makes in the experience of, of motherhood and security and anxiety in American life. So I think that's another really critical book. I also think Jennifer Carnes Alexander's books, The Mantra of Efficiency um, is so illuminating across so many areas um, that this book takes up. Um, and it's, I, I suppose it's a headbanger for some people, but I found it, I found it engrossing and, and really kind of fun to read. And then I think In the Name of Eugenics uh, by, Daniel, by Daniel, and I don't know whether you say his name, Kevlis or Kevils. Um, no, I'm not sure myself, but I, I agree with you about the efficiency movement. It's one of these things that it must seem to some people incredibly boring, but it is the way we operate in just about everything that we do, whether it's a corporate business that you work in or whether it's how the government functions. It's um, it's very important. Well, and, and you know, I think we have um, I think we inhabit efficiency in so many ways that that it's become invisible to us. Well, and when we're making comparisons between the Gilded Age and Progressive Era and today, we can't help but look at technologies that are all about efficiency today, whether it's a it's an app that gets you to hire someone to do something for you so you can turn your attention to something else, or whether it's just the stuff that we have on our hip all the time, like your your iPhones and um, and your computers that you know we're using right now, but efficiency is all around us. Yeah, 
And that's why yeah, your book, I think, is so important as well around standardization, um, because this is also something that's a hidden hand in our everyday lives. Oh, yeah. And and um, so along with, you know, Taylor working during this time, and, and this guy's not in the book at all, but but Demings is in there, um, who, you know, was the father of um, standardization and which morphed from being something, you know, which you standardize machine, machine parts, so they're replaceable and interchangeable. Uh, then it became a way of uh, making people standardized and interchangeable. And so it became a, a, a kind of social control, so. There's been a couple of really fantastic books on standardization recently. I might add those to our reading list as well. Um, but the last question for you, and this is always a hard one, I think, but it's, it's an interesting one. And I think we get a lot out of it is, what single object do you think can help tell the story of the Gilded Age and Progressive Era? So I thought about this a lot and I was really tempted to go with a medical implement. Um, and instead, I think an object that really represents that era, and I'll explain it, is the private railroad car. Because the private railroad car was so it it exists amidst the the you know the all the coaches and the the train cars for the the regular people but it's separate from them and it it's furnished in the lavishness and the opulence that marks the and with the aesthetic of the gilded age but it also marks that deep separation of income levels that the progressive era embodies. You know, the only time when there has been the same huge gap between the haves and the have nots, the first time we have met what was achieved in the progressive era is today. Before and after that, the difference between the rich and the poor was, was less exaggerated. So I think the railway, the private railroad card captures that um, that vast difference between the haves and the have-nots. I think that's great. In so many ways, the railroad is about progress as well. Uh, at least that's how it's been depicted uh, visually. And, and about movement and about efficiency and getting the you know getting the goods on time. Yeah. So, so that's my object. <laughs>